right, my name is Aaron Rhodes, and you're listening to the Shuttlecock Podcast, sponsored by the Vinyl Underground at 7th Heaven, offering new and used vinyl at 76 Intrust in Kansas City, Missouri. This week on the show, we have Anna, a.k.a. Riley, the musician. How are you doing today? I'm good. <laughs> Amazing. It's a good vibe. I'm happy to be here. No, yeah. Um, okay, so for, for anyone who's not familiar um, I've, I've, I've done a small bit of writing about your music. Um, you've appeared in the pitch. Allison Harris wrote a very nice piece about your new album. Uh, but for those who don't know, you are originally from the Lee Summit area. Yeah, I am. And I'm still based out of here. Word. And, but you, you did, before we started recording, you just mentioned spending time in Florida. Did you live there at some point or do you just visit a lot? Oh, no, I just go to Florida a lot. Yeah, like family <laughs> more, up there or something? It's good to get away. Uh, my family loves Florida. It's a, it's, they're obsessed with this. So they're like, let's go to Florida. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to Florida. <laughs> can't hate <Right>. it. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't complain. Um, uh, so I'll, I, I guess a good portion of this interview will be discussing different uh, locations and their uh, meaning to you. Uh, as I'm sure you might have guessed after naming your new album Montana. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, you, you, uh, you talked about in your uh, pitch interview with Allison how Lee Summit hasn't always felt like a very welcoming place for you as a trans woman and just like uh, kind of in general. So like, have you been able to find any community within Lee Summit, like with other artists, like growing up, or has it kind of had to come through travel or being on the internet or going to the city or something? Yeah, I think um, I think it's just one of the parts of like living in like the American Midwest is that you're going to have a lot of people that just um, aren't progressive, you know, and like don't really share the same values as you. Um, so, I mean, for me, for the most part, it's gotten better, you know, you surround yourself with friend groups and like people your age and normally, hopefully they're, you know, they align with you in a way where they at least think like, oh, wow, like, you know, I respect you being trans and like, that's like important, you know, um, but a lot of it for me is just like going downtown, going to KC, lots of friends up there, you know, the more closer you get to downtown, the more progressive and like the more welcome I feel, you know, being a part of that community. But yeah, honestly, the internet is like the number one thing. Like, Hello. <laughs> I, hey there, Jenna, uh, doing, doing a podcast. <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. R- roommates here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. No, yeah, but um, I, I I asked that partially because you you have been uh like one of your frequent collaborators named uh Iker is that right? Um, mm-hmm. is is he from Lee Summit also, or is that someone you've met through like another? Because he's from the Kansas City area, right? Yeah, he's from uh, Lee Summit as well. He lives really close to me. Um, I went to school with him. That's how I know him. And we both were like in a music school together, like in a music class. And so we just stayed in touch. And like, he was like, I really want to do this music thing. And I was like, that's cool. I do it too. And I have a studio. You should come over. So (laughs) um, yeah, no, we've, uh, he's really, really close friend, super supportive. Um, He played shows with me 
over in uh, Kansas, and then we played one up in Chicago recently. So super, super great guy to have around. His energy is just so much fun. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, how, how long have you guys known each other, like since since high school, since before that? or? Yeah, since I was about like 17. So we didn't really start making music until the last like two years together, two or three. So um, it's just one of those things you start making music with somebody and something clicks and then you're like, oh, like we should do this all the time, you know? <laughs> um, so very good energy. Yeah, no. And uh, uh, so <laughs> he, he appears on Montana as well. And you, you guys had a, a collaborative EP. I think I might have mentioned that. Um, so you grew up playing piano a bit. And then as a teenager, you started to do like DJ mixes online and like you're, yeah. you're very into like EDM at that time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When I was like 13 or 14, all I listened to was like Skrillex, Porter Robinson, you know, the whole shabam. But um, around the time I was like 15, um, getting started in high school and all of that, I discovered PC music. So like AG Cook, Sophie, all of that, like proto hyperpop whatever whatever you want to call it like early internet stuff and it's like that really just like piqued my interest i was like wow i want to do this you know yeah. and I, I assume the stuff you were learning on the piano as a kid wasn't very like it didn't you didn't really connect with i'm like i'm guessing you were playing like some classical stuff some i don't know <laughs> absolutely kind of doing christmas standards. like yeah <laughs> uh Christmas time is here, things like that. Um, but honestly, for me, like, I would I would do these lessons just to get like finger positions down and like practicality, you know, because you, like you get better at piano. Um, but I remember the first song I did on my own was like "A Thousand Miles" by Vanessa Carlton. Nice. <laughs> I was like, this is. I was like, I want to do the. Dun, 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 dun. So got that down and. Um, yeah, ever since I, I just love piano and it connects so well with like production. Um, yeah. It's so essential, like everything in a studio has a keyboard on it. So it makes my life a lot easier. Um, so it just was kind of, you know, hand in hand. Was the piano something your, your parents encouraged you to do or like, did you did you get lessons or something or was it through school or? Um, it was more so just like, I loved music and I loved listening to music and they were like, well, this is like an extracurricular thing to do. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, my family's not musical at all. I'm like the first musician out of my entire extended family. So it's like really strange spot to be in, but um, I would, they were just like, you know what, we love you. You should just go for it. So. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny. Cause a lot of people like their, I guess their experience with piano is like, yeah, I was, I took lessons as a kid. I hated it. I quit as soon as I could. And then, oh, yeah. like five years later, I was like, oh, maybe I do want to make music. Maybe that'll be helpful. But it it is cool that I guess maybe you're in the minority, I guess, at least within like indie music and stuff like that, that actually like seeked out the piano and like wanted to do that as a kid. Oh, yeah. I mean, I understand like 
learning it because I, I took like traditional lessons where we, like I said, we would do like Christmas songs and things like that. And like, I didn't have fun. I was like a kid, you know, like it was just like something I had to do, but um, I wanted to get better. So I was like, if I make it through this, I can be really good at piano in like two years, you know, and that was like the entire like position. Like I want to be like able to write my own songs and things like that. So there was like a goal set in mind but yeah learning anything in school it can really discourage the process of like how it's fun yeah. you know I like just recently got it back into reading again because like because of school you're reading all these books you don't care about and like you hate it you learn to hate it and then like I get out and now I'm like oh my gosh this is actually kind of cool when I read yeah. what I want you know yeah what what what, are, what have your literary selections been lately what's exciting to you to read I'm just starting, but I'm getting into like poetry, short mm. stories, things like that. Um, just because my brain is so used to like not reading long things, not watching long movies. I love short compiled things. So if I can just do it in small bursts, it's like awesome. Yeah. And um, oh man, I was going somewhere with piano things. Um, <laughs> shit. You're good. <laughs> Uh, it happens it'll it'll come to me it might not <laughs> it's uh, all good Don't yeah no. about it. <laughs> um so yeah you're you're beginning to um write write songs as uh like and kind of more in your your late teens is when you started uh making your own music for the first time for the most part I would have oh, fun in FL, but it wasn't like I would like write something until I was about like 17, 18. Okay, no, and I I know where I was about to go there. Um, it was um you 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 said like explicitly in another interview and in I think your ringtone mag interview that you you feel like you were born to be an entertainer. And like it's it is funny that uh none of your family has like experience with music considering that's something like you feel so strongly about like for so long yeah. like has has it like you say you have like a, a good friend group that's very supportive of you and obviously like other artists you've worked with but like has your has it taken your family time to accept that you want to pursue the arts um I think naturally any family is going to be like wow like this is a weird decision but you do you <laughs> you know they're gonna be very weary but um I started at like 17 and now that they can see like things actually being paid off um I think they're like wow like you could actually you know you're taking this somewhere and so that's important but my parents like they're the most supportive I am so lucky you know they're very down to earth I, I didn't grow up in an environment that was like very like we didn't have a lot of money you know I was on like food stamps for four years and like we were just making ends meet paycheck to paycheck and so my parents you know were so scared for me they were like I want you to like be able to do something with your yeah. life but once they started seeing things come around um I think it started to make sense and like I said they were so happy for me like once they heard me making music they were like this kid you know, <laughs> this is cool. And so, um, yeah, I'm just so blessed to have them. They're so great. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, so as far as I know, your first uh, release was in 2018. It was called Teenage Heartthrob. 
Yeah. And yeah, that was mini me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so um, you, I don't know if this is what you meant by these tweets, but like you, you posted, I think last year I was, I was reading back mm-hmm. and you, you kind of made a, like a thread that was like one, one through three, like your three, like a, it was illicited teenage heartthrob, uh, art is dead and Anna Kennedy, your three previous projects before Montana. And yeah. so do you consider those three, like something of a, a trilogy? In a way, um, you know, when I look back at my discography, it's really difficult, I think, for most people to be like, oh, I loved like my first project, you know, as like an artist, because it's like, I've been able to see like, oh, I'm like making this now and I wasn't able to back then. But yeah, I think definitely I see it as like a trilogy because Montana is sort of just like a breaking point of, um, stepping into something completely new because I was still you know I was still in boy mode I was still in the same mindset I was writing the same things for the most part and then like Montana is totally different change of tone pace too oh yeah and um so Mm -hmm. the the last EP before uh Montana was called Anna Kennedy and you've since decided to make that your your part of your full name um, yeah. <laughs> so, and you said it was initially the, the name of the EP was inspired by your interest in like 60s culture and John F. Kennedy, and you wanted to yeah. just allude to that. Did you know at the time that that was like a name you might want to take on, or was that fully like after the fact? Totally after. It's one of those things where it's subconscious. You're like, I like this name. Yeah. And then it's like that's the type of stuff I take in and the art I take in and like the culture I take in is from like that era mm-hmm. so um it's like geez like it just worked out and I was like I like the ring to it and I love the name like it literally suits me so well so it's like oh, I'm so sorry one second very <laughs> good I'm so sorry. No, you're good. We're, we're both having... <laughs> My dog started making noise. <laughs> no, we're both having intrusive roommates. Uh, um, no, no for... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, um, yeah, the entire project of, like, Anna Kennedy, super, at the time, I had no idea. And then it was, mm. like, this This rings to it. My friends were like, this rings to it, too. This reminds me of you, so... No, it's awesome. Uh, and it is, it is funny, though, because, like, a lot of people... Uh, when it like you know I, I know plenty of people that are very interested in like 60s culture like ma- well, like mainly the music side of it you know just like the Beatles and like garage rock and psych rock and that kind of stuff and classic rock in general but you like the music you make is very different from that like or so was was that interest mostly from like a a like a historical kind of like like is it from like a, a history nerd side that you had that interest or like what what where, how, where, yeah. that, where they come from um a lot of it you know I grew up loving the Beatles um nowadays it's like you know they're the Beatles like everybody knows them but um for me it was like a lot of the pop culture I loved like the aesthetic visually I love like Americana aesthetic drive-in theaters you know little mom and pop shops I think they're fantastic um so and it kind of goes hand in hand with that era 
But um, the thing that really pushed me over was indie movies that would represent that aesthetic from that era or like movies in general out of that era. Um, I love, love, love Alfred Hitchcock films. Like they're my favorite thing. Yeah, so like I'd watch a lot of those and it's really cool to pull aesthetic and um, interest in something from something that isn't musical and then like incorporate that somehow, you know, because you can really pull inspiration from anywhere. Yeah. No, I, I watched um, North by Northwest for the first time last year. I did kind of like a, like before live music was back, I was doing a lot of like just catching up on movies I had never seen, like just kind of the classics. And that was a lot oh, of fun. Yeah. I need to watch the rest of his filmography. But um, oh, yeah, I so no, good. I it's, it's funny. Uh, I always have kind of like noticed that um a lot of uh musical projects that i enjoy are like they they do pull like aesthetic elements from movies and like oh yeah i don't know like see i don't think there there aren't people that like come to me asking for like music advice like when they're when they're you know songwriting or whatever but like i have like encouraged people before like they've been like oh i i don't know what to like you know, I'm not feeling very inspired. I'm like, I, I feel like you should, I've told people, like, I feel like you should watch some like older movies, like pick like oh, a, yeah. like a genre or a niche or a director and like, see what kind of imagery you can like come up with that isn't like, like in the front of your mind, like on a day-to-day basis. Cause I feel like, you know, through like watching films about like exotic places and oh, yeah. different, different eras, like that can kind of get your mind jogging. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm such a geek for small little indie movies that like nobody's ever heard of and just like watching them, even though they're not very good. Like they'll have like 20 or 30 on like Letterboxd or Rotten Tomatoes. And then it's like, I enjoyed it. It's something about it. Um, it has a charm to it. And so, um, yeah, I mean, movies really are everything because when you think about it, you're not just music, you're a package. So if it doesn't go hand in hand, like all of my favorite artists always have eras and packages and, you know, the whole shabam. Yeah. So. Has a, cause you've, you've had a hand in like, you, you have a few music videos and you've, if not directed them, like, you know, at least had some kind of directorial uh, say in, in how they look and everything. So what did, does any of your uh, music video uh stuff come from film inspirations as well or is that kind of its own world and where where do you like to from for that oh yeah i mean definitely comes from like indie movies um a lot of it is just like friends shooting something and then in post edit we'll just go crazy and just like do as many like aesthetically pleasing things as possible you know um for me i love um like i don't really know how to describe it honestly but it's like the 2000s internet core stuff. Um, like for the Miss America video, we did a lot of that in uh, that video. And for the 99 video, we did quite a bit of that. Um, it's kind of like Tumblr core, internet core, whatever you want to call it from that era. But um, if you go earlier, like on a Kennedy, like Railroad or 19, it's definitely like, I have like these old font faces and like I throw a 35 millimeter film thing on it. And I'm like trying my best to replicate an era, but make it feel modern, <laughs> you know? Um, 
So yeah, I mean, honestly, it's just like shooting film on an SLR and then like try your best to make it fit into the world. Cause editing really is everything. I mean, as long as the shots are originally great, then you have freedom to edit. And and I I did really like just appreciate the the simplicity of the the ninety nine video. I love that song, that video. Um, Thank you. And, and it basically is just you like kind of dancing around and like freaking out <laughs> in a in a car and yeah uh, yep yeah and all we, and, yeah <laughs> we just pulled over on the side of the road and I was like we're shooting it here we're just gonna shoot it in the car and we did it on a really cold night and um yeah I was like making the car shake and stuff like that and it was just fun it was just yeah. like. I really like this song and I really want to make, I feel like the simpler a video you make, sometimes the easier it connects with people. It doesn't always have to be like glitz and glam, you know? Yeah, everybody, everybody's riding in the car at some point, you know? Exactly, their, their everybody teams. can connect with that. Um, was that was that filmed in uh, near, near home or was that on your Montana trip? That was filmed near home. It felt yeah. like Montana because, you know, but it was uh, just like 10 minutes away in my car. Mm-hmm. um so it was the miss america video we shot that in my garage so um but yeah i mean you can really just like i said editing is everything text effects are everything like if you've got the world in your head you can do it on the computer yeah and uh yeah you you mentioned the like how how uh some some tumblr aesthetics were important to you like is were, were, you, were you on Tumblr pretty heavy back in the day? No, that's why it's no. so weird. I'm on it now. Yeah. And I'm on like <laughs> Pinterest and everything. <laughs> I didn't have that phase. Like <clears throat> I grew up with like, I listened to like the 1975 and like Tumblr core artists, Sky Ferreira, Lana Del Rey. But like, I didn't really get into the aesthetic until recently, mm. until like got into my early 20s. So it was like, this is like made, this is my world, you know? Um, I connect with this so yeah. I don't know I think it I think it's coming back in a way um because that it, it was quite some time ago that like the first 1975 album came out you know and yeah. like I listened back to it now I'm just like this is so special so yeah, yeah you're, everything comes back after a certain amount of time yeah no and you're you're making up for for lost time when you weren't on tumblr but uh want to uh field some of those aesthetics and uh, and and yeah no like after after a decade like something does just kind of have uh like a legacy to it if it's if it's been impactful enough and like some of those artists you mentioned like those are like like uh, like like m- many of them are still like releasing <laughs> stuff that people will really care about but then they do have this yeah. kind of like back catalog to look at and like the the stuff they were like that they became well established with is different than what they're making now so oh yeah I mean I look at a lot of the artists now from that era and it's interesting to see like who survives and like the best thing about it is like when I look back at something I liked as a kid and I'm like I'm looking at it now and I'm like was this really good or was I just a kid <laughs> you know but a lot of it stays true to like I really like it still but um yeah a lot of the hot topic like era stuff feels a little redundant nowadays but at the same time it's like I really liked it as a kid so who cares or like I don't know um but yeah a lot of those artists have changed their aesthetic completely like 
Lana Del Rey does all sorts of crazy things now, like, like, you know, but it's like, I like her earlier stuff and that's what I connected with. Or like the 1975, I, I mean, I loved their last album, but like there's something about the first, you yeah. know, and I, I don't know. Yeah, it's funny. I need to, like, I, I was watching the, uh, it's funny. I bought, like, I, I didn't know exactly what to get my mom for Hanukkah because like, I, I know my dad's music tastes very well and he collects vinyl. So like I, I, it's pretty easy to pick out a gift for him, but my mom is like a little more eclectic and like specific about the music she likes. So sure. I just on a, on a whim, <laughs> I got her Alana Del Rey CD for Hanukkah and, and the newest, the newest Aww. album. And <clears throat> I, oh, I had um, Blue Bannister. Yeah, Blue Bannister. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we watched like, just cause I don't, I, they didn't have a, I was worried like they my parents don't have a cd player set up right now like uh and then i don't know if she even has one in her car or not uh so i was like oh shit i hope i don't have to return this but so we're yeah but i think i think they'll be able to play it on their blu-ray i think it'll be fine but um we were watching <laughs> just in the meantime i was like she she wasn't super familiar with lana so we were watching some of her new music videos on youtube uh, on the TV yeah. and then I went back and I hadn't watched the the video games music video in a long time mm. and that was super yeah. interesting and oh there was another uh I think it was maybe the summertime there was there was some music video where it looked like I'd never seen it before it was one of the one of her older hits but it was like yeah clearly like some of the shots were her like in her webcam but then it was like intercut with like like oh, paparazzi. Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> oh yeah. It was like intercut with like paparazzi footage and like old timey Hollywood stuff. I don't I don't know if you know what video that is. Um, but I literally um, was just watching her old ones too. Yeah. It was either it was something off of Born to Die off of that first yeah no for sure and i think she yeah because she used like old hollywood like stock movie footage like royalty yeah. free or like just non-royalty free and then she got to the webcam you're right yeah. i don't remember what song that was but it's like she was so focused on aesthetic and it felt so tumblr core yeah no, but, and uh, but it holds up for me yeah. I, I think it does too like and and now she's able to be like kind of like self-referential and meta in her newer songwriting and like when before she was just like going straight ahead trying to capture these two aesthetics like this like vintage hollywood but also this like tumblr style yeah. aesthetic and it was it, like i i feel like she deserves some credit for that and uh, i think she oh yeah has kind of <laughs> like uh blended that into her newer work in a more like not discreet but organic way and but like it's kind of still like tongue-in-cheek like she knows what she's doing when she like yeah I don't, I don't know where I was no, trying to go with that no 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 you're totally correct like um yeah no it's definitely night and day from what she does now um I still love her new stuff like it's really good it's just um I don't know I think artists when they first come out have a lot of um things going against them 
like visually and musically, like nobody knows who you are. So you kind of have to prove yourself and you have, you have like all of this encouragement to like make the best product ever of like who you are. And so when I hear people's earlier works, like it even holds true for like, um, just trying to think like uh, Kevin Abstract's MTV 1987 or whatever. It was like, I love that project more than whatever, you know, he's doing now, but it's just like at the time, um, like I, I don't know, it just feels so much more personal. Um, same for Lana, same for like Sky Ferreira, if she'd ever put out more music, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, no, I, I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah, so um, oh, something I noticed when I was um, looking at your Twitter recently was you when, when you were releasing the Anna Kennedy EP, you um, like had the, you posted like these liner notes and it said part of like like at, at the bottom like part of the great falls montana legacy so it yep. was that was like <laughs> june 2020 ish i think i didn't yeah. write down the date but like you you already had this idea of going to montana or at least incorporating the state in your work where where did where did that first yeah come from oh geez I think the first thought, because like the first thought of me going to Montana had to have been either early 2020 or late 2019. Mm. I just really loved the aesthetic of the state, but it didn't really, I, I, I knew I wanted to go there someday kind of thing, but it wasn't like sure when. And so, um, yeah, when the pandemic came, I was like, well, let me just like throw a dart at a map on Montana and like see where it lands. And it just happened to be Great Falls. And I was like, oh, this goes all the way down to, you know, Kansas City with the Missouri River. This is perfect. Like I was like, this could be really it. But um, yeah, I mean, it was like the precursor um, because even though I wasn't sure about my name, I wasn't sure about what kind of music I'd be making now. I wasn't sure when I go to Montana, it was like, I really want this to be like a precursor for what's to come because I was already thinking about this a while ago. Um, I think as an artist, you're always planning ahead sometimes and too far ahead. You're like, I wanna do this afterwards and I wanna do this. So it kind of was always there that I was going to go to this place. I just, when was I gonna go? <laughs> you know, that's the big question. Was was part of the thing that drew you in was it like the the outdoor element of the state like the kind of oh, woods yeah. and that, that um, kind of thing yeah it was just like getting away um which was the perfect excuse for like you know with COVID and everything to like be in the middle of nowhere yeah um but before that yeah I'm such a small town person I love small towns and I love rural like not the people, but the aesthetic, you know, if that makes sense. Um, I love little small chops, like I said. And so Montana is like the perfect spot. Um, I've never felt like I was in the middle of nowhere until I went there uh, because I, I've always been here and I've always been in major cities. So driving was like, holy cow, like I could get lost out here and people wouldn't know for days, you know, but I, there's also kind of like a love for that where it's like, yeah. I'm just on my own, like, you know, yeah, you're 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 in your your own indie film there. You're <laughs> exactly you're, you're, you're discovering a new location <laughs> and you're doing some self-discovery and you're you're tying it all together. Exactly. And so 
yeah it was it was really just like a not only like a music process but like a healing process of just like self-discovery and like finding out what I wanted to do I wanted to be like and it all just came together I don't really know it it felt like I went on the trip as a different person and I came back another yeah even though it was short like it was like I it was like I want to be doing this for the rest of my life like yeah. I I'm happy doing this. So is I don't know this this is kind of a weird question but is there anything that you attribute that feeling to like like do you feel like it was like a a fateful thing a oh. or like you know I don't know mm. like I don't know cuz no, you're, you're saying like you you kind of randomly almost picked this location but it it became like such a impactful and like kind of a key moment for your art and Um, you as a person there is a bit of like fate played I mean if you believe in that at all but it's like the fact that I was just trying to find a random location and it's the place that connects all the way to Kansas City by a river it's like hmm, it makes you think but I mean I'm not like oh this was all a plan (laughs) you know but at the same time you, you can't help but think it um but I think it was just right place, right time, right motive, right headspace. And um, yeah, I mean, so many things happen in your personal life. Like every single year, so much can change. Um, so it was just like, you know what? We're in a pandemic. I can just do whatever I want. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like I can do what make made makes me happy. And then they can, when we're out of it, whenever they can see me again, and I'll just be a totally new person. So and uh perhaps if you were Kanye West you would attribute that uh to to God instead of like a, a fate <laughs> yeah being um, in Wyoming being in Wyoming I uh, actually drove through where his uh property was on my trip it was pretty it was cool yeah. <laughs> but it's Kanye so it was, was that was his Wyoming a moment at all inspirational to you or was that just kind of a, a happy coincidence it's it's like it's 50 50 because yeah. I feel like it was where it's like oh you know I went to the middle of nowhere like Kanye but at the same time it's like two different total like ideologies journeys as people and things like that like yeah. I loved his music and I loved how cold those records sounded like yay and all of that but it wasn't like, oh, I'm really breaking down the lyrics of yay and I'm like <laughs> taking this personally because some of the stuff he says is like whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, it was really weird driving through and like being like, this guy had like the same idea somehow at the same place, you know. Um, I don't know. It makes you feel like you're on the right track. Yeah. And uh, but but some of Kanye's earlier work was a bit more influential to you or like you're you're a fan of Uh, his some of his earlier stuff yeah I mean he's Kanye's awesome like his earlier stuff's amazing uh late registration and graduation are my favorite records like I love lyricism production all of it it's just he can't beat it like he's just the best at what he does um or he used to be. I don't really know if it's like holds true with Jesus is King, but um, a lot of his older stuff is like, wow, like this is so special. And so like, he, he just was the best and he didn't need to remind you. It was just the music spoke for itself. Like, yeah. so very inspiring production. And I don't know if I take so much from it anymore now that I've kind of like grown into my own thing, but mm. like, I don't know. 
you can't help but like feel his confidence come off of him and be like yeah. take something from that and uh it's funny i i like had always enjoyed like the singles from his first handful of albums but the i i wasn't like personally like a huge fan until Jesus, and that that is an album where he kind of well, he, I guess I guess he did some of that on uh, 808s, but there was a lot of like cold, steely production on on that album. So was that was Jesus oh, yeah. at all important to you, despite you already being oh, a fan of yeah. graduation and late registration? Oh yeah, I mean, his discography is amazing. Like I think everything up to Jesus is King is like, and like even that album. Like if you take away the lyrics, like the production's really good. Like you know, it's not the best album, but it's not bad at all. It's better than a lot of albums. But um. Yeah, Jesus is so like on site. It's amazing. Blood on the Leaves is amazing. Like it's just a great, great record. Um, for something about um, 808s is really good. Um, I don't listen to it as much as I'd like to, but uh, the song Streetlights off of that record, really, really special. Mm. Um, it feels like he just was singing his little heart out. He doesn't do that very often. And you got to see a side of him that was like really special. It reminded me of... Um, come to life off of Donda it's kind of like the first time I've really like connected with a record like that <clears throat> yeah no I I feel similarly about love lockdown that that's the one like 808s is definitely the Kanye album I've listened to the least and I feel like I need to spend more time with it but that song always kind of hits me so oh yeah yep. um yeah just I mean the- I, I just love the sound of that album um and i think i was saying it earlier like a lot of artists have eras and like i think um it really just comes down to like visually and musically what you love because he's his music just does so many different things for different people yeah and i think that's what makes him so great is like you can listen to one record and it'll be like totally different than like 808s or like donda or whatever and it's like but some that's somebody's favorite album, even though you know you yeah. don't like it. It's just makes an album for everybody. You you uh, I remember you posted um, you're you're talking about uh, Montana coming together and some of the you you kind of posted about some of your production decisions like the instrumentation and stuff like that. And you mentioned like w- w- was it like analog synths or vintage synths like yeah that were kind of important Um, for some of the album oh yeah for sure um jupiter a um the old prophet six um a lot of all of this is like vsts like they're remakes of it but i actually got my first synth ever it's right next to me um it's a remake of the moog uh model d it's a poly d so i'm just like I'm a nerd for this stuff. I love moving the knobs and it has this specific tube sound to it. And it's like, oh, <laughs> it feels so synth pop in the 80s. And I don't know, um, very special. And it's so crazy because like I learned how to use this synth on the computer by just clicking buttons. And now that I'm sitting in front of a real one, it's like, I know what I, you know, I know what to do to make, oh, there went my AirPod again. <laughs> I know what to do to make it sound cool yeah um uh oh okay i think i'm back okay cool um anyway yeah analog sensor is such a huge part of that album and of that record oh yeah and um uh so 
also pertaining to Montana, there there is that the interlude on there called the woods. And it's like you is it it's you and a, you and a friend just having a conversation pretty much. And yeah, you're you're talking about like hoping to see some some animals on the trip or and yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Did, I recorded that on a cassette player that was in right post on a Kennedy. That was like right when I was like, I want to go to Montana during the pandemic. Um, so it was like, I don't know, I guess it was one of the first things we recorded for it. And it was uh, so personal. I just was like, it has to be on the record. (laughs) And it's cute and it's small and it fits the feeling. But um, yeah, I mean, Montana, like animals are so cool. Like I saw um, tons of deer that, you know, too close for comfort for the car, but very cool to see. Um, I saw my first uh, tumbleweed. That was really strange. (laughs) <laughs> I was like oh my god this is real this isn't just like a Looney Tunes cartoon you know yeah. um so yeah a lot of things you won't see anywhere else <clears throat> yeah no so um yeah was there anything I guess um I, I did want to ask like what was the the trip like outside of the like recording sessions and the writing sessions mm-hmm. and then also yeah what was like the setup for um uh, like where 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 were you set up where did you set up shop and like what were oh, the yeah. sessions kind of like just in moment to moment oh yeah um the trip itself I the entire like sessions were run out of an Airbnb we found kind of just outside of the city of Billings um and so I had this big window with like the woods right in front of me and I just set up shop there I just put my computer my mic and like the monitors and I was good and I was like just writing things based off of what was around me. Um, I remember I'd spent like hours and hours and hours just like getting ideas down because it wasn't so much about finishing the album. It was about like being there and getting the inspiration and starting these ideas and then taking them home and finishing them. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you get that, I, I needed the ideas, you know, I needed to be somewhere that inspired me. Yeah. <clears throat> so it did its job. Um, the trip itself was super cool. Like, never had been up north um got to see all sorts of like I drove through uh Sturgis if you know what that is Uh, yeah yeah, and like for me it's like I'm not stopping here but like I was like this is cool to see (laughs) you know like when am I ever gonna see this again uh this is the place for all the you know motorcycle stuff happens so it was really dope um lots of shops lots of aesthetics lots of cowboy bars with like the huge you know the bull riding machines yeah and I didn't want to go because covid but i do want to go back so i can do that that'd be really cool yeah um but yeah i mean totally different world and i can't say much about the people because like obviously covid again but um it's it's hard because like even though i love the small town aesthetic and it's so personal to me it's very easy like i know most of these people probably don't share like beliefs with me or like you know, some of them aren't like trans friendly in these states, they're completely red. Um, so it's, it's difficult on that end. But um, I think for the most part, like just being alone somewhere with nature is just so, I don't know, it re-energized me. Yeah. Uh, one, one idea that just popped into my head was maybe um, considering the, the cowboy bars and uh that element of the trip that you didn't get to engage with maybe maybe a music video happens at the 
the the bull riding bar the the, the pbr bar in power and light in, in kansas city oh, maybe that's... we have one i had no oh, idea yeah no for sure it's oh my gosh if you if you, you can no wade... i've been asking people <laughs> if you can wade through the the sea of like yuppies and weirdos <laughs> like you can you can find that that bull riding machine i think <laughs> you said it's called be... what bar I, I think it's the pbr like professional bull riding i think they like pbr big sky i think is what it's called oh my gosh i'm so looking that up after this thank you yeah no, you have no yeah. idea. i've asked like five people here and they're like i don't know <laughs> so awesome thank you oh no yeah and um oh man i i sidetracked myself again i'm always doing this oh you're fine um, don't worry about it oh yeah no and you did end up you left a a usb stick of demos from the album in montana and you left like the coordinates do you know if anyone has found it yet yeah yeah Yeah. they got it within the first month um and then i put another one here in like south kansas city a little bit ago i threw it on social media really cool experiment because it's like it's scary it's like i think these people might leak my life's work you know (laughs) like you always have that and like there is that risk but um Thankfully, they were demos and they were handpicked and like I only had certain sections. It was just like a way for like, oh, this is like, you know, really big fan wants to hear this early. Yeah, I think it'd be cool to connect that way. And you leave them a little note and a little photo. And I don't know, it's um, a way to connect during the pandemic without meeting them. Yeah. Oh, and um, oh, kind of I, I was going to ask this in tandem with my my Kanye question, but you, you've also mentioned the importance of Childish Gambino's Because the Internet to you. Uh, that's a, a favorite of yours. Oh, yeah. um, so I don't know. In, in addition to like, I don't know, I think like I, I was listening back to Montana recently and I, I noticed lots of like kind of parallels between montana and because the internet i think there's like the abrasive like distorted like beats that like that are on like crawl like those are on like iced out and i think maybe one or two other songs yeah and then there's like the r&b pop of 3005 which is maybe a little bit uh on like 99 or maybe oh, yeah. another song or two then there's like the the fun bounciness of like worst guys which is again kind of throughout the album like you, you, you yeah no and then there's all those glitchy little moments on flight of the navigator even though it's not like really it doesn't sound particularly electronic on that song i don't yeah. know what he used like where those textures come from like that kind of like flittering noise that happens um, but i know what you're talking about i think um for me yeah that album is and i think there there is like a a kind of like is there not like a kind of like a distorted like electronic voice that happens on that song as well like a narration i think think you're right yeah (laughs) it's a lot of like subconscious things because my record has a narration throughout it um because i remember i must have been like 16 15 I was in the car and I had it on CD because I was still doing that. And I still do. I love CDs. But um, listening to that album, it was like the first album I heard that like told a story from front to back, if that makes sense. Like it was just like chapters and it was set up so interesting and like so many different flavors, but it all felt together. And so, yeah, I mean, that album, 
I owe so much to it. Um, such a, he's such a great artist because no matter what you want out of him, he's always going to do the opposite and do exactly what you least expect. Like his last album was like literally just like the numbers or whatever. Yeah. Like it didn't even have names on it. And like, even though it's not my favorite, like, I'm like, wow, I can appreciate this because he's trying something nobody's doing. And that's kind of what that album, Because the Internet, felt like. Um, same goes for like everything he does. He's just genius, very inspirational. Um, but yeah, I think like the storyboard feeling of it and the way it held itself together moving through it was a huge inspiration for me on how to like have a record like that that would function. Yeah. No, I guess that is something like I, you know, I haven't been the biggest fan of like his last release or two. Maybe I need to spend more time with it. My friend Ryan Jenga, who I work on videos with, he is always telling me I need to listen to the the most recent album more. So may, maybe I owe it to him to do that. But if if you have to give Don Glover credit for zagging when you expect him to zig. So yeah, shout out to him oh, for that. Yeah. Um he's just yeah all of his projects are just so special in that way but again like I I agree I wasn't a huge fan of his last record it just even though it was like it didn't have my favorite music but I could at least see like what he was trying to do if that makes sense like I was like oh like this is an interesting idea nobody's doing anything like that so I don't know I remember it more because of that and so was the was the narration on Montana something that was kind of you you thought about it early on or did that come when you were kind of like retouching it and working on it afterwards? Early on, I had the narration on one of the songs mm-hmm. and then I listened to the album together and I was like, this would be so much better if it like told some sort of story throughout it not just on beginning and end so I tried to touch it up and do more um but a lot of it is just like um I don't know I don't know if it came from a specific place of like inspiration because I can't think of a lot of albums with that type of narration throughout it yeah I just wanted it to feel more like a movie I guess in a way um like a journey because I don't expect it to be an album that like people listen to all the time. I want it to be an album that like people listen to on special occasions. And like, I feel like it's an album you have to like listen through from front to back, even though it's like 35 minutes, 40 minutes, something like that. It's like, I feel like that is what I wanted to do. Um, Instead of just making an album, you could just like put on shuffle. (laughs) Oh yeah. uh, I there, there was that that news like item last week where Adele got Spotify to like disable the auto like when you hit play yeah. on an album it doesn't shuffle it now like that was so crazy right yeah no and it, it, it I was it made me curious like why that was the default in the first place I I yeah, <laughs> yeah right because I, I I am an album guy too like I like I like listening to stuff front to back at least the first time I listened to it so. Uh, yeah yeah. oh yeah so much better experience I I think um I think Spotify had it that way for the free users so there'd be an incentive to upgrade Mm. but I'm not sure okay but I'm glad it's better now (laughs) yeah there yeah no that's uh maybe I I haven't listened to the new Adele yet maybe she'll surprise me and turn me a fan with this one but uh if if anything shout out to Adele for that 
keeping keeping <laughs> the shot. album uh, a sacred thing in the year 2021. Um, but yeah, so uh, I think this this goes back to I I read all of your tweets about Mon- Montana and Anna Kennedy. I I uh, in my research uh, and you. Uh-huh spoke of i think like in the in one of the liner notes for the ep you mentioned like you reworked the entire ep like seven times or something is is that is that right for for anna kennedy yeah yeah absolutely yeah Um, so what what was that process like like what made you want to like yeah scrap it and like rework so much i'm so um picky about like what I present, if that makes sense. Um, so when I when I session for making an album or a project, it's like I can crank out like I probably have like 50, 60 demos. Like some of them don't go anywhere, some of them do on my laptop. And it's like you just store these and store these and um you're like, oh I think this will work on the track list at the beginning. And then you get halfway through you're like, <clears throat> I think it'd work over here instead. And then you're at the end, you're like, this is not on the album. <laughs> you know yep. um, it can change so rapidly what you want it to be and like what you want the sound to be and where you want it to head um but yeah there's there's a ton of different versions of Anna Kennedy out there with like additional songs um a lot of them I just like put on the record I made like a vinyl record of Anna Kennedy and I put like the bonus song on there that didn't make it stuff like that but um yeah for me I just wanted to make um something small that people could take in bite size, but it was just like my best work at the time. Um, same goes for Montana. Like so many demos were made for that album that just totally <laughs> just sitting there still. And it's like maybe one day, but um, yeah, it's just a lot of just presenting your best and like presenting what you want to do. Like I could put out an album of like 25 songs, but it's like, do I want to? I'd rather just like show you know my best work to the class like I don't know <laughs> did were, was there as much like reworking on Montana as there was on Kennedy or yeah um you know before I went to Montana I had a totally different idea of how the record would sound and like what songs I had on it and did, and did you mention back. like you wanted more guitars on it originally yeah I yeah. was gonna make it like an Americana like super infused and like there's still some of that like hometown hero and um highway 65 have quite a bit of that Mm. but um the more i went on the more i fell in love with like synth pop and like how that kind of represented the coldness of winter if that makes sense so yeah kind of went in in that direction exactly (laughs) it feels mysterious um but yeah i'm I'm such a and i think everybody says they're a perfectionist but i kind of just take it to a new place where i'm just like I'm so excited about this song. And then a month later, I'm like, we're not doing it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, it can change. So oh, I'm, bl- I'm blanking on the name for it. Do you, do you also, uh, yeah, do you, are you also, uh, do you have synesthesia? Uh... Oh, I wish. <laughs> Seems like a really cool condition to have. Yeah, no, um, lots of fun to talk about in interviews. It makes you so like creative and eclectic and cool. Oh, yeah. I have some friends who have it because I feel like if you, if you have it, you kind of get pulled into music a little more um so yeah it's a really cool like I don't quite understand it because obviously I don't have it how you understand something you don't but I try to and I think that's what matters um (laughs) (laughs) 
but yeah i wonder what the colors are that people yeah, see them no, here yeah. i can only imagine um yeah okay yeah if anyone listening to this um has synesthesia and was and wants and has listened to montana please uh tweet us the colors that every song makes you think of i need to i need to know yes, i think we would, we would both be interested to know <laughs> it'd be just, awesome just hop in the comments um uh, like and subscribe um <laughs> no yeah so you i think you had there was a moment last earlier earlier this year where you had said the the album is complete you're ready to release it you like you had a release date it was like in the spring or summer and then um in june you signed with snafu records and uh the the date was pushed to november um what what was that whole like what was the the signing process like they i i read their website and they said they have like proprietary algorithms that find like oh like yeah undervalued so cool. artists and stuff <laughs> yeah, it's so were, cool did they find you with the algorithm yeah, yeah yeah and i was like this is like so weird because yeah. i've gotten like offers before and like anr is being like oh we really like your music and these people are like we got a robot that likes your music and i'm just like okay so i hop on a call with them and they're really really down to earth people super in it for the music i was just was like holy cow you know this might be perfect storm um and it was so close to when i was about to put out montana um so it was a bummer that i had to push it back um but kind of was a blessing at the same time i got to add tell your mother to the track list um i had more time to like prepare mentally yeah. for an album of that big of mine to come out so it was like it worked out in a way even though it sucked waiting for it because like it feels like my baby's done my baby's ready yeah. to go out to the world i'm already i want to move on to the next thing but at the same time you know <laughs> sometimes you don't get it your way and that's yeah. okay um but I'm, I'm just thankful that it eventually came out and now i'm like able to have people actually listen to it that's what matters yeah no and it seems like it's it's, it's had a, a great response so far the the, the numbers are very very solid and um i don't know like the okay i was i was reading around on their on the labels website too there there are lots of very kind of interesting funny like technological elements of the label like that's kind of their their selling point is they have the algorithm they um they they have some kind of app where you where their artists can collaborate with songwriters and it's is that something you've used at all or i I have not used the app um i've pretty much done like everything else it's it's so how do i put it i'm not sure if you're familiar with like pc music out of Mm -hmm. the uk like like that's like i loved that growing up and it was so weird and it was a small label and it felt indie yeah and i get the same feeling from them and that's why I was like, this kind of clicks, you know, it's like, this is so weird and like eclectic and like different. And I was like, well, <laughs> maybe this is where I want to be. Um, yeah, no, I feel and, like you get more interesting results that way. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's, it's hard to tell from, from the, the exterior, but like the, the website talks a lot about like, give, like letting the artists like feel like they're still in an independent uh environment and like 
yeah like they try to they said they want to make things transparent like and just fund projects and you know oh, like yeah. they and let artists keep some of if not all of their masters uh and stuff like that it's um it's different because yep. i you know there's a lot of stigma for labels and i totally get it labels are they suck sometimes like they're very bad news you get a bad deal and you're stuck with it yeah but with them it was like um we just want to sign you on for this project here's a really fair deal it's only a one-time thing and then if you want to extend it we'll extend it and it was like it felt so independent that way and they do like check up calls every couple of weeks and like try to get you know your assets together to pitch, pitch it to people and stuff like that so they're working as a label for you but they're also giving you like the um freedom to do whatever you want because yep. i feel like if i was on a bigger label and they'd be like oh you got to be on tiktok like five tiktoks a day like yeah. you know and like even though that's like i love tiktok it's so much fun it's like i it's not who i am you know i'm yeah. not like that i don't want to do that all day i want to make music and like it works out it just was a good fit you know um and yeah they're very understanding very easygoing and I, I get that feeling a lot with smaller labels or something about it that feels more welcoming. The, the smaller amount of people you have, the more it's easier to kind of feel like you have a connection with them at least. Yeah. And uh, the, the only other artist I recognized on the roster was Hit Boy. Um, but he's, he's yeah, I was know, had some some giant yeah. songs. And um, I don't know, are, are there any other artists on the label that you're familiar with or a fan of or have oh, been yeah. work, working uh, at all with? I'm a really big fan of an artist called Moika. She's super cool. It's like singer songwriter pop stuff and it's amazing. So really love her work. I've, you know, so much fun just like getting to know her and like working on things. But like, I think um, because it feels so independent, you don't know a lot of people on the label roster. It's more so, you know, the people who work at the label. Yep because it's it almost feels like you're in your own little camp <laughs> in a way but uh that door is always open like i'm sure if i wanted to reach out to somebody i could yep and so. um so you mentioned um being a fan of pc music and that's how influential they've been to you um and but and you you did get to perform at like a virtual event that they had it was like a oh, halloween so event yeah what was yeah, that yeah like? uh it was so cool um i remember being 14 and i listened to a halloween mix that ag cook did with all the pc music roster and i was like this is so i want to do this one day these are like so special and then i got to do it like i woke up one morning and i had like a i was going through my email and it was just said like alex cook and I was like, holy shit, <laughs> like, this is the man. And so I was like, what's up? He's like, oh, a friend of mine showed me your stuff. I think it'd be really cool if you played in the show. And it was like, he was like, it's in two weeks. And I was like, oh my God, I need to get my stuff together. Um, it was like a 15, 20 minute set. Um, they have a really cool aesthetic because it's like, they do it, they did it over Zoom. Um, so you make the video, you make the audio and then they play it back. And so everybody watches it in this giant Zoom call and they like premiere it. And so, um, yeah, it's it's overwhelming to say the least to like notice so many of those faces just in the Zoom call with you all of a sudden listening to your thing that you made. Yeah. And it's like, whole like these are, these are the people that like I look up to the most. Like I wouldn't be in this if it wasn't for them. So 
yeah. very heartwarming experience, very, so easy to work with, so genuine, um, just such a good vibe. That's oh, awesome. Uh, were, were there any other uh, PC music artists that were, that you've like been in contact with, or at least that you, you saw watching your, your set there? Yeah, um, Umru was there. He's awesome. He's so cool. I played him. Um, he helped me get a show for Lava Palooza was what it was called. It was like the mm. Open Pit Presents, and I played it with a girl named Riley. It was cute. Um, and that was then, another virtual show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really cool. Was that and, on um, Zoom or was that like a Minecraft? I know people it like, was a Minecraft like doing thing. the Minecraft. Shows, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was weird because uh, it was a. Uh, I think it was a hundred gecks who played they were like the big act of the yep. night and like i was like you know of course i'm gonna play like they're a hundred gecks yeah so um super cool um <clears throat> i'm really close with that girl named astra king who's on pc music they're so cool um yeah i mean just like some of the just the team is like amazing they're just they're do they're doing it because they love to make weird art and like it's like these people don't care about like getting really, really big. They just want to make what they want to make. And like, sometimes it's the most polarizing stuff I've ever heard, but it's like, there's an, a, a quality to that that just makes you like, wow, like I'm never going to hear anything like this again. Yeah. So, uh, Should I expect to see you at the, the Caroline show this, this Wednesday in Lawrence? I wish yeah. <laughs> that's in, yeah, I wish I was there. I mean, I'll see if there's still tickets. I totally yeah. forgot she was like even coming to KC, to be honest. I'm so bad with like keeping up with shows. Um, but Caroline Polachek's so cool. I think yeah, uh, her record Bunny as a Writer just got picked number one by like Billboard, like song of the year, oh, which nice. is insane. Yeah. yeah, it's like, holy cow. So. Oh, yeah. And um, so, yeah, you've you've done lots of like some of these virtual performances, but you mentioned uh last month you had a show in chicago um and that was that your first since uh montana came out your first oh yeah irl was, show um yeah that was like the first like really just like a lot of the scene that follows my music is based out of chicago um so going there it was like I knew all these people in this room that I knew from the internet and I didn't even know they were going to be there. You know, it was like so cool. Um, performing live, it, it was really hard for me to perform live in like certain areas or certain concerts and venues because you get so worried about the crowd and whether or not they'll like it and it gets in your head. But when I was there, it felt like these kids are here for me and they already like my stuff and I know that. So like, what could I do to mess up, not play music? Like, I'm going, of course I'm going to play music. Like if I miss a lyric, so what? We keep going. Yeah. And like that got me through it. And that's what made it so much fun. Yeah. Um, it's a good, it's a good time. Good. Yeah. Exactly. I'm th everybody's there to have a good time. And it's really easy to forget that when you're performing. Cause it's like, I want to make sure this is the perfect set, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I was so blown away by like their venue. It was so much fun. People I got to meet. It was just really great. Oh, it's great. And I think I think you mentioned it earlier, but you, you haven't done many uh, Kansas City area performances yet. You, you like I think I remember you posting about there was one. It was it at like a Plex Pod or like some kind of like office space event space. 
or am I making that up? I'm not I, sure. I might be making that up. I played a show this year in Kansas at a bar out there. Okay. Yeah. What was that? It was through the college. Oh, geez. Manhattan, Kansas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it was through that. Yeah. It's through there. But it was really, really good. Um, I had hey, a good time there. You did an interview with the, the K State radio station? Yeah, I did. They were really good people. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, there's definitely a music scene here and I've connected with some of the people here, like, um, uh, like black star kids ties. So cool. And like, um, Paris Williams is so cool. Yeah. Um, they're just the best out of Casey. Like, just, and no, I, they're so cool. Um, yeah, no, they rock. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully more opportunities come with like Kansas city shows, but like, I'm not too pressed about it. Like, it's i'm in such a niche of like a pop thing that like i gotta go to like chicago or like la or like new york and like do stuff there and it's like i don't know <laughs> it'll happen when it happens at the right place right time yeah and um oh i noticed that you and paris both have music like you've collaborated with this la musician named called name change yeah no oh, yeah. yeah um he he played guitar on a, a song on hometown hero. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, he has a couple of tracks with, with Paris features and like a Paris remix or something. Yeah. 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 Uh, he's super cool. Um, I met him a year, year or two ago, just through the internet, just through like mutual friends. And then he was like, Oh shit. Like you're from KC. I'm like working with people in the KC scene. And I was like, really who? And he's like, Oh, like Paris. Williams. And I was like, wow. <laughs> you know small world yeah. he's from la i think yep. um super super great kid super talented i worked with him originally on a friend of mine's project he was tracking guitar for it and then i was like oh do you think you could help me out with mine he was like of course so it was cool really i don't know how to play guitar um i wish i did i hope i do soon but um it was very easygoing experience and he's so talented so nice and um, no, that's something I wanted to ask you about, too, because um, I think sometimes may maybe this isn't what it is, but like, I think I've seen you screenshot like you have like a Twitter like group message. That's pretty that has a lot of people in it. It's like a lot of <laughs> friends and fans and collaborators. The chat. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. How, how many people are in there and what what happens in there? <laughs> give give oh, us geez. a a peek behind the curtain um i put a tweet out and i was like hey like if anybody makes music or wants to be in a huge group chat with a bunch of internet people come through like the tweet i'll add you and we hit the cap in like 30 minutes like it i think it's at like 80 people or something oh. like that because twitter it's weird twitter only lets you have 50 and then i was able to tweet deck and add more people okay but um it's just like a bunch of artists it, it really we have some big ones we have some really small ones and like it's a good energy because they're like giving advice and they're like oh like I loved your new promo I loved yours too stuff like that um but you don't get a lot um it's very difficult to promote yourself honestly like it's it's almost impossible on the internet so having friends who will share your stuff is nice but it goes from like just like uh posting about whatever like memes to like serious music talk like yeah. what are we all gonna do so no it's cool and yeah because it's funny like I 
and they are kind of making a resurgence, but I remember the Facebook group was fairly important in, in some like indie and punk like music scenes, like in the early tens. Um, and yeah, it's making a bit of a comeback now, I think just cause Facebook is like pushing that through its algorithm. I guess it thinks oh, wow. like people will engage with it better. I like, I, I started a shuttlecock one and people yeah. like seem to see my posts more now that I, I post in that. Oh, that's interesting. So, but I think that it's, it, it is filling a, a, a void, like the, the prominence of like these group chats and like stuff like Slack and discord, like, cause like when everybody got on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, it kind of like, like, you know, before that everybody was on message boards and chat rooms and stuff. And it kind exactly. of like wiped out those little niche niche communities that went along with those things. Um, so now like, yeah, group chats and discords and slacks are like making kind of a, and may, maybe Facebook groups, who's, who's to say, uh, yeah. are kind of like making, like bringing that style of like internet community back. Like, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that like within like hyper pop and like emo rap and like certain like, internet subgenres there are a lot of very popular discord servers uh, are, oh, are yeah. you are you part of any of those like do you like collaborate and talk to people on any like music centric discords or anything a lot of it is just like what opened my eyes was like a lot of artists have <clears throat> writing camps through their discord which is like insane like yep. they'll just make they'll get all the artists in one discord and they're like i'm making this album this is this album's discord so it's really cool to do it that way um a lot of the shows i play they have discord servers um i do have like a rally the musician discord server as well there's some cool people in there um it's really just like i feel so old does that make sense when i go on discord because like i was using skype yep. growing up and like that was like the coolest thing to me and now all these kids are on discord and like they know all this like discord culture and like memes and things like that and i'm just like oh i'm so behind i feel so old but, yeah. uh you get um it's really nice to have servers and chat rooms and everything so organized for music because you can be like oh the demo ideas go in here and then like when we're finished with the song it goes here so there is a huge plus to it if we had that 10 years ago it would have been amazing um, but now that we have it now, I mean, a sentiment I've always shared is that I feel like real life studio sessions are just like slowly evaporating. All of it's online, just over Zoom like this, or just like sending each other things back and forth. That's how I do most of my work with like, you know, placements and stuff like that. Yep. Um, and it's interesting because it's like, I don't need to move to LA to like be, you know, successful anymore. I can just be in Kansas City or wherever I am and like yep. the internet you know does its thing so yeah no and but uh so that that brings me back to the the location thing though because on <clears throat> uh on the album in in that conversation with your friend on that interlude you mentioned like oh maybe i'll be in la in five years right <laughs> yeah um, at the time that was the sentiment um yeah. But like the more I did stuff and the more I worked in the industry, it was like, well, I don't really have to be anymore. Yeah. You know, I can be somewhere where rent is like affordable and I'm happy and like doing things I want to do. <clears throat> because to me, it's like, I'm not the type of person where I just want to move to a huge city 
and like play shows every single night even though it sounds like a fun time I get so tired like I am such a recluse when it comes to that I just want to make art in a room away from people and then come back you know I think everybody wants to do that but I think there's a good balance you, you can figure out there mm. so no, that's cool. where I'm at <laughs> yeah no and you you even like I think in the uh, maybe, maybe this is a, a thought you've moved on from as well, but I think in the ringtone interview, you're like, oh yeah, maybe I'll move to uh, Montana. And like, once I, once I have the resources and fly people in for, for like collaborations and stuff. So do you, oh, do yeah. you still, is that, uh, is that still on the table? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, there's still, even though I love the internet and doing sessions over the internet, there's still a sentiment to like seeing people in person and getting yeah. that feeling, especially like, who's going to fly you to Montana to like make music? You know, I think that'd be so cool. Like get to be in front of a mountain range. So I don't know. I think I definitely want to be there someday. Um, But for me, it's always like, I'm such a dreamer. I fall in love with the place. I don't really know super well. And then I go and I'm like, "Eh, this is okay. Like LA, I was like, I love LA. And I went to LA for like six times. And I was like, I don't really like LA anymore. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) When I go to Montana, it's it's like being home, you yeah. know, because I'm not going to like New York or LA. It's like, this is just like my small town here. I can function and do my thing, so. Have the New York and LA visits been all like label stuff or collaborations or? Um, a lot of, yeah, a lot of just mixed stuff. I'm going to New York this upcoming weekend, which will be crazy because um, I've actually never been to New York until now. Okay. I've been to Chicago. I've been to a lot of major cities, but um, this will be my first time there. And everybody's like, you're going to love New York. And so I'm excited. Um, but um, yeah, I, you know, I wanted to move to LA for a bit. So I went out there for like a month or a couple of weeks at a time just to like get a feeling of where I wanted to live. And then I was like, this isn't for me. Yeah, you, you figured out you'd be uh, wiped out the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like so fast paced. Yeah. I want to be able to like drive, <laughs> you know, in LA, you just can't just go out and go. I mean, you can, it just takes so long. Yeah, so. no, and it's kind of fucked up because, you know, like there is the environmental impact of owning and driving a car, uh, specifically, yeah. like I, I'm driving like a small SUV, but it like there is like a very specific sense of freedom that I feel like it gives you. And like, I'm yeah, I'm sure you can probably like I, probably not in Los Angeles, but like maybe you can access that with a, with a bike or something like more eco friendly. But like, I don't know. You, you, yeah, you look back at Americana, that's something you're interested in. And like the, the car, the drive in. The, the, the road trip is a very yeah. like important thing in like American culture especially like in the Midwest so uh, oh yeah yeah Riley um, lives to drive another day <laughs> just kicking it in the Midwest much. for a minute yeah no pretty much I totally agree um, the environmental effect of it is scary and it like it sucks um, I hope everybody's driving electric very soon but um i mean that takes you know takes a lot of time um but uh yeah i mean like you said the freedom of being on the road like that was a song highway 65 was about that just like being on the road and like getting out and stuff like that and so 
Yeah, I mean, you can't replicate that very easily with like a bike or something like that in LA. Like there's just something about open roads, driving middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and okay, uh, I think probably final question here. Very important. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, of course. You, I think, I, I can't remember specifically where you said this, but you mentioned, well, you're on the, on the Montana album cover, you are wearing the the andy warhol wig that you you got at the the party store like yeah three three years ago now like yeah just about and i think at some point you like recently you said you needed to upgrade it uh is that still the plan what's what's happening with wig are we ditching (laughs) the wig what's what's tell me another (laughs) way it'll always be a part of like me somehow and I think it'll always make an appearance somehow I just wanted it to make a last appearance on Montana because at the beginning of the record it's like who I was before and by the end it's a new person um but as far as like the wig goes either grow out my hair naturally and do stuff that I want to do with it or get a new wig I'm still figuring it out but I now that I'm like comfortable with like the way I present myself and the way I want to do things it's like it was really just like a closeted way of like expressing myself before I could even like fully be open about something like that. Yeah. So it, it, it served its purpose and it's always going to be like near and dear, you know, be in the back of music videos are shot somehow. Um, yeah. But I do want to take the next step. And so I'm working towards it, but real wigs are expensive. Let me tell you. <laughs> Well, hopefully the, the the Montana stream money will come in, and you will you will have some some wig money to to throw around maybe or <laughs> maybe like we'll see maybe and maybe maybe you get a practical. maybe you start a Discord room to discuss uh, future hair and wig uh, planning. You know, maybe maybe but quite that, possibly it goes to the writers' room. <laughs> exactly. Start a Twitter thread on it too. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I know whatever I do next will be, it has to be flashy. So we'll figure it out. We'll get there. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and I'm, I look forward to enjoying Montana more. And I hope uh, the people will also enjoy it more. And do you, do you hope to, do you hope to tour before um, you put out another uh, release? Because, you, you know, you, yeah. you said you're kind of taking like the one-off shows like as they come, but yeah i mean um i've had some like opportunities arise i think it's just like i'm such a nervous person (laughs) it'll take a lot out of me to do it but i'd love to do it you know i'd love to like visit places i've never been you know it'd be stupid to turn down a tour um but we'll see i will definitely be playing more shows before the next thing comes out it's just a matter of like in what aspect will it be far out or will it be all in a row we'll see (laughs) Well, I, I look forward to seeing you live then. Um, where can people listen to Montana and where can they find you on social media and everything? You can hear Montana on Apple Music, Spotify, with pretty much whatever you have. You just put in rather the musician and then I'll pop up. I have the wig on and it was just say Montana on it. Yes. And then as far as social media, I'm at Riley the Musician on Instagram and at Riley the Muse on Twitter. So yes, that's and M-U-S. Uh, yeah. M-U-S. Couldn't fit the, the full. Uh, I, yeah, there. Twitter has a little limit. So, but it, you'll know it's me. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. And people can follow at Shuttlecock Mag on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Shuttlecockmusic.com is the website. 
uh, subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, Shuttlecockmag.bigcartel.com is the web store. I will have new t-shirts up soon and a new magazine within the next week or two. Uh, check out all of the shows we have coming up on our concert calendar uh, on the Facebook events tab. Uh, but yeah, thank you for, for being on the show. This is a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Awesome. Well, I'll, we'll see everyone next time.